folks. We are back. This is Fresh Juice, an indie game podcast where we review all of your possibly favorite indie games coming out on the daily or weekly, whatever. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Tommy Fresh, and joined as always is Maddie Juice. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's great to have you here in episode six. Rolling into a, an interesting genre this week that we're going to be covering with the game review. But um, before we get into that, Tommy, how how you doing, man? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm pretty excited to talk about this game. It's it's definitely a dep- I mean like you know we're we're pretty early into the podcast, but you know a little bit of a departure from from the stuff we've been doing. Maybe a little similarities to Pizza Possum in a way. Um, in terms of, you know, the best way to play it, but I'm doing well. It's been a long day. I woke, I woke up pretty early to drive out to Hershey, Pennsylvania, where I work, uh, for a sales meeting. It's like two hours for me. And, uh, you know, they like to really take advantage of the sales team being out at the brewery for uh, a meeting. And uh, one of the ways they like to do that is while well, they have the meeting, we all get to kind of talk together and, you know, see each other and talk about how, what's going on in our markets and, and this and that. And then and they also like to say, hey, uh, we're short staffed and we need you guys to uh, package about 1300 cases of beer. Uh, oh, my so, God. So uh, after oh our meeting God. was done, they were like, all right, let's go down, get some uh, safety glasses and 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 uh, get to work. So I I got to. We didn't package the actual beer. We had to set up the boxes because the certain beer that was going in these in these boxes is Cork and Cage, which is a different bottling line mm. from our normal bottling line that's totally automated. So this one has to be packed by hand, which is very tough, but it doesn't happen that often. But, of course, when we're out there, it was happening. <laughs> so we had to basically, they come in four packs. We basically had to pop open the box that you would see, like the case box, and then also pop open all the four packs and put them in to the 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 boxes and then like stack them on pallets and stuff like that. We did yeah. about like 1300 cases today. Oh my is, god. That's six four packs per case, which is yeah. which is, it was a lot. So, you know. And, and how many of there were you? Like, um, you know, how big was the sales team? Oh, uh, we we I mean, it was it's a it's not a quarterly meeting, so we didn't have everybody from every market, but we had about we probably had about 10 or 12 folks kind of working it's not too bad still that's like 120 130 per person yeah 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 which like we we split up the work some of us were popping over in the four packs the other people were putting them into the boxes it ended up being okay we did some before lunch and then a little bit after lunch but man it is interesting and i found out that so you know the joke is so i work at a brewery when the sales team's out there, we're kind of just like, oh, you know, just hanging up in the office and whatever. We're just kind of bullshitting, you know. And yeah. all the production team, like, looks at us just, like, hanging out, just drinking beers and stuff like that. And they're <laughs> just like, whatever. And we found out that they call us carpet walkers, uh, <laughs> which is which is, which is is fair. Which is fair. I get it. You know. What, I, what does I, that even mean, though? It means that we just – we don't do – 
like you walk on carpet. Yeah, we don't do like the hard work that they do on the production uh, team, okay. and they certainly walking do. On, walking and, on the hardwood, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like you know, we, we're we have the easy streets, but uh, you know, my response to them would be, you know, you try getting screamed at by a liquor store owner, um, you know, in, in the middle <laughs> of the day. Uh, yeah, and, right. And have to like re-evaluate your life and, and move on to the next account but yeah it was fun i guess kind of but the cool thing is and, and you know uh the cool thing about my company and you won't see this at a lot of breweries the same size as the company i work for uh the one of the owners was right there with us packing these boxes so oh, cool. you don't you don't see that that's like really cool so you're just kind of like like doing it and chatting and stuff like that. So that was pretty yeah. neat, but that's been my day and my weekend was good. You know, we, I, I played a, a tournament in flesh and blood. We went to a Halloween party. That was, that was fun. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And yeah, I think that that's pretty much it. And then pretty low key Sunday, I think. Uh, what about you? Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Went to the Halloween party. I've been doing pretty well overall. Um, got to see my Eagles beat the Cowboys yesterday. So that was fun. Uh, always, always a good time. Sorry to any Cowboys fans listening, but if you are listening, you know, I hate you. No, um, <laughs> but, um, so that was good. And yeah, I got a short work week this week, uh, cause uh, me and Maria are heading up to the Poconos. So that should be, um, should be fun. You know, there's, uh, there's actually like up there. There's a really cool, like old school movie theater. Uh, like, but it's like they show like two movies. You know, it's like the old school movie theater seats and everything. And like, it's uh, it's like attached to like an ice cream shop that they also own and a mini golf. And I forget. I, th- I think it's called like Casino Theater or something like that. Um, and uh, we recently found out that they were like we've been going there for years. Every time we go up there, because it's just so cool. Um. And uh, the owners were retiring. So that's happened with a few places up there where, like, they close because the owners are retiring. But luckily for this place, they are uh, selling it to, like, someone else who is it was going to, like, continue, keep doing, like, the same stuff. So I don't know if it's going to be open when we go up there, but I hope it is because it's one of my favorite parts of, like, going up to the Poconos. It's like stepping back in time a little bit. And I just, you know, it's just very nostalgic-ish for me, you know, especially – you know, just how many movies we saw growing up, like these big red fancy seats were never a thing, you know, <laughs> like I used to hurt my back if you sat too close to the movie, you know, my neck or whatever. Uh, like, so it's just cool, like going back in time there. So I'm excited for that if, if it is open. But um, yeah, no, other than that, nothing too crazy going on. Um, you know, just happy to uh, kind of getting into the holiday season now. So it kind of makes work a little bit easier for me. And um, it's it's nice. but. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the update. That's the Matty Juice update right there. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That that movie theater sounds awesome. It actually reminds me. So when when we went out to Kentucky, we stopped in Pittsburgh and we went to a card shop called Green Tree Sports Cards. And the owner there, John, he's awesome. He he's, he really understands like how to build like a community for like trading card games and stuff like that. But he was talking to me, um, you know, last time I saw him that he found like a venue for a tournament for him to run where basically it's like set up for like esports, right? But it's mm-hmm. like on one floor, it's like an esports, like you can run a card tournament or whatever. It has like a great setup and it also has a lot of, uh, I guess, 
infrastructure for for streaming and stuff like that. And downstairs, apparently, there's like it's like a movie theater. And oh, cool! What he I, he told me he would plan on doing was having the tournament, having the feature matches filmed upstairs, and anybody who wanted to just watch it. Like obviously it'd be on YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that, but anybody who wanted to watch it could just go downstairs to the movie theater part and watch the the feature match while it's happening live, which yeah. is uh, which is pretty sweet. So, yeah, that know. sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, but um, that'd be a really. I mean, uh, I wonder if because you said it's like a venue that you rent out, right? So I wonder mm-hmm. if that's happened before with other games, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think like he mentioned that. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Uh, I would even like I don't even know anything about Flesh and Blood really, and I would want to go just be like, oh my god, this is all like I, maybe you would compete, you maybe, know? Maybe, maybe, yeah, and we'll be there cheering you on um, <laughs> from the from the bottom floor. <laughs> Hear you through the floorboards, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's that's pretty awesome. But we do have some news, and actually, the first bit of news ties into movie theaters in a way. Yeah. Um. So the dev of a game that we've talked about already, um, Stardew Valley, which is, you know, I think arguably the, probably it might be one of the biggest still super indie games that people still play, still gets updates and people look forward to stuff. We even talked about it, the music going on tour. Like uh, it's pretty incredible. Now in yeah. the, in the wake of all these video game movies coming out, uh, what five Five Nights at Freddy's and and Super Mario uh, this past year, uh, he um, was asked in an interview if uh, and and his name is Eric Concerned Ape. People know him as Concerned Ape. Eric Barone. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, they asked like, would you ever do that? Would you ever like kind of like give away your IP for like the movie rights? And he's very, he was very, no, absolutely not. But he, he gave two exceptions. And the first exception was if Studio Ghibli came to him. Now, if you don't know uh, Studio Ghibli, famous for Spirited Away, Kiki's, Kiki's Delivery Service, and a ton of other movies. All these uh, anime movies that are, 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 are top tier and some of the best. Well-revered and loved. And it totally fits the vibe of Stardew Valley. So I understand that. But the other interesting thing was... He'd be interested to see David Lynch do his take on Stardew Valley. Now, David Lynch, if you don't know, directed Eraserhead. He directed the original Dune in the 80s, which was like not good, but super weird and and whatever. But David Lynch, and, and he, David Lynch is also famous for Twin Peaks, the television show. Yep. Super avant-garde, weird kind of approach to film and just like whenever you it always feels like some kind of dream sequence so it's funny that a concerned ape was like yeah either this one thing that makes a lot of sense studio ghibli or david lynch (laughs) i want to see how wacky and crazy he could make my farming simulator uh as a movie um so i don't know it's are you familiar with either studio ghibli or or david lynch Um, I'm familiar with them, but I, I can't say that I know a lot of their work. Uh, I've seen Studio Ghibli like all over the place. Uh, I'm just not super into anime. Um, so I I just don't, I'm not kind of on that side of the internet, I guess you could say. But I do see that name pop up like in comments and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I know Twin Peaks and David Lynch. 
Uh, but I've never watched Twin Peaks, but I, that's probably the thing I would know from him the like the most. Um, but yeah, I I'm not a hundred percent familiar with them, but I do kind of I can understand like how Stardew Valley could be translated into one and into another, just knowing what I know. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it definitely really interesting. You know, I, I think uh, it's it's funny because I also feel like Stardew Valley is one of those games that's like so chill that like there's not a lot of like you know ups and downs or like you know really strong plot points i feel like so i feel like that also opens up you know if they were going to do a movie there's a lot of freedom there probably but i feel like it would still need to kind of have that calm relaxing feeling which who knows if that would work for an entire movie you know there's got to be so i feel like some you know um some things that don't go their way or whatever it is, but I I don't know enough about the Stardew Valley story though. Maybe there is more to the lore that I'm just not sure of, but, um, from what I know, it's you, uh, right. You like are just trying to build up your farm and there's like villagers and things like that. Right. So I don't know how deep it gets, but maybe, maybe you have a better idea of that. Well, you know, there's like a lot of like side quests and quests that you have to like, you know, interact with the villagers, the NPCs and stuff like that. And, you know, there, there are relationships that maybe get built or kind of, uh, fade away throughout the game. So there's, there's stuff there to definitely make a movie, but it's definitely very open-ended and, and could be, you know, interpreted in a lot of different ways. And I would, to, to be honest, I mean, I, I think it would probably make an excellent studio Ghibli movie from what I've seen from them, mm-hmm. you know, it just makes sense. The wholesome chill vibe. Uh, maybe there's some stakes, you know, to kind of yeah. throw in there to make the, the, the plot move along. But I would be interested to see David Lynch take, take it on because I feel like David Lynch would look at the NPCs and be like, these are going to act like NPCs in my movie too. <laughs> and like make it almost like dystopian in a way. Like I'm, I got to build this farm, but, people just say the same thing to me every time I talk to them and, and stuff like that, which would be kind of fun. Now, uh, only we didn't have much other news, but I I did want to say that there was uh, a game that I'd been kept my eye on. I wishlisted it. Um, and it finally came out. It's called Racine R A C I N E. It's something I'm probably going to play. We might not review it, but, uh, it's like an auto battler roguelite, like card game. And it has this really, really neat, uh, kind of art style, very pixely, but Japanese, uh, um, I guess, inspired, like like mm-hmm. feudal Japan, samurai inspired, very neat, like a lot of greens and, and like dark tones to kind of like balance out the pixel art. Uh, it, it's very, it seems very cool. It's on sale too, if you want to check it out. Just came out today, the day we're recording, which is uh, November 6th. And I think the sale's going on for a week or so. It's only like eight or nine bucks or something like that. So I'm going to check it out for sure. You know, just, it just, you know, something that popped up and something that I've been kind of keeping my eye on because I saw the trailer for it like months ago and, and it said 2023 and you know, these games say that and you're just like, when in 2023 (laughs) and then all of a sudden it's like, they'll just have a a release date and they'll, they'll publish that like a week before it happens. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I saw this in the show notes. Uh, you know, we discussed a little bit about it before we went live and uh, or started recording, I should say. Um, but yeah, this this game, um, 
it it looks really cool. Like I'm I'm even like considering picking it up. I've never even heard of it either. So kind of like to your point, I, I feel like yeah, a lot of these indie games kind of like stealth drop. Yeah. Um, whether they mean to or not, it's like they stealth drop. Um, but yeah, so I mean, so far it's got positive reviews. It's got 13 reviews on Steam. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things where, like, we talked about, um, you know, with Leica last week, how it's so cool when they, like, blend different genres together. And I feel like, like you know, kind of deck building has been blended with, like, so many things. And it, it I feel like most of the time it, it does work really mm-hmm. well. You know, like, I, I haven't really, um, I can't really think of one where, like, I just felt like it was too much. Um, but this just seems really cool. Yeah, I love the art style. Uh, it's, like, simplistic. Um, but also kind of has like a little depth to it. I'm just like kind of like almost like layers of of uh, um, of overlays or just of art in general. It just yeah, d- definitely seems really cool. Kind of reminds me of Dead Cells a little bit in terms of like the backgrounds and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, it uh, uh, it does look really cool. Like the, I'm just looking at like some of the skill trees, or uh, this is like maybe maybe there's like some sort of Mario type of like world you go in where you choose your level, something like that. So it seems like it's, it's trying a few different things, which is, is just really cool. Um, and yeah, it's on sale for $9 right now. So it's like, why not, you know, pick it up, see if it's good. Um, and yeah, there's even people streaming it right now. I can see on, on steam. So, uh, it looks, it looks pretty sweet. Uh, I did not know about this. And you, how did you find out about this? Just, just curious. Instagram ad. In, uh, really, an Instagram yeah, ad. Wow. So the the studio right. Goblins Studio, which has made some other games that actu- I've actually played, Heroes Hour being one of them, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and I don't know, it really caught me with it. sometimes these Instagram ads, man. They they just catch you. You're just like, yeah, ah, yeah. I've, I've I've ordered like shirts and hats from from Instagram. It's like ah, they got me again. But I, I like the stuff, so yeah. you know, I, I was willing to kind of like follow this one a little bit and see what happens. Um, so. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm interested. I'll, I'll probably I'm gonna play it. And hell, we could be teasing a future rec room, uh, you know, here with oh. with Racine, or or we'll never talk about it again if it's really bad. So you never know. <laughs> you never know. But that does True. get us to the main squeeze, the squeeze arena, where we're going to talk about the game that we are reviewing this week, which is Bish Bash Bots. Holy smokes. This is a game from Firestoke and Catastrophic Overload, which, uh, you know, out of Scotland, it seems. Scotland. Scotland. The, (laughs) the, you know, this is a little bit of an aside, but uh, I I was was talking to some buds on Discord and I was, I, I had posted a picture of a scotch I was drinking and, you know, one of the buds was like, I, I, don't, I don't really like like peat, which is like a, a, a strong flavor in a lot of scotch. And I was like, oh, I love it. It reminds me of the old country. And then it reminded me of the scene with Chris Farley in Coneheads where he's on a date with uh, the daughter. And yeah. he, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, my, my grandpa, he's from the old country. She's like, oh, which one? He's like... I don't really know. Uh, one of the big ones. Uh, <laughs> it's just such a great line. But uh, yeah, Scotland, the old country. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the elevator pitch for Bish Bash Bots? Yeah, no problem. I'm going to Bish Bash it up. Um, so uh, starting off, uh, platforms that it's on, it's on Steam, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. Uh, it starts with at twenty dollars. Well, it is twenty dollars, and it start at twenty bucks, but it's twenty dollars on all those platforms. 
And uh, essentially what it is, it's a co-op tower defense game. Um, so it's uh, almost, it has that kind of party game feel as well uh, when you're playing co-op. Uh, and yeah, that's really what it is. Uh, kind of the, the um, elevator pitch for the setting is that you're in uh, kind of the future and, and uh, these robots you have created sort of um, turn against you. And so that's kind of the waves of enemies that you're getting in that tower defense. And you're trying to build things, obviously, to to have them not get to the end and destroy the, the thing at the end, uh, essentially. So that's really kind of dumbing it down. Um, but yeah, you can, um, you can play with up to four players. We only played two, um, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, you can play up to four, which is really cool. Uh, I don't know if all tower defense games kind of have that, but, uh, definitely, um, really cool that this one does. So yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a, it is a very simple game. I would say elevator pitch wise, uh, compared to some of the other stuff that we've played, but, um, yeah. yeah. Certainly, and it it does blend some of the, you know, we'll get into the gameplay right now. Why why the hell not? It's our show. We'll do do what we want. Um, (laughs) You know, let's talk about the gameplay, right? It is one of these games that does blend some genres, which we talked about last week. We just mentioned with Racine and and Laika. And the genres here are co-op, like couch co-op in a way. Um, Now, we played on Steam um, you know, we will say we did get keys for this game, uh, yeah. but you know we're still going to give you a totally non-biased review. They don't they don't expect us any, to do anything less. Um, but we played on Steam and it was fun. We were just on Discord. We were playing together, and basically the genre is tower defense. I played a, a decent amount of tower f- defenses in my day. Uh, they don't typically be co-op or are not co-op like this. Uh, typically, you're just playing by yourself and and throwing uh, the 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 towers wherever yeah. and, and trying to upgrade them and and whatnot. And the other thing that this is bringing to the table in terms of the co-op, it's not just placing towers. A lot of tower defense games are just like, oh, you're placing towers and you want to place them strategically in a way that like you know we'll 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 deal with the incoming enemies. But it's also somewhat of a brawler because your character that you're playing is running around the map and you will have a hammer and you have like um, little, what do you call them? Gadgets. Gadgets. They call them gadgets. Yeah. Uh, like uh, abilities. Abilities. Yeah. I think yeah. It's probably the best word to use. And you got abilities and gadgets and, and power ups and, and stuff like that. So you're running around working together. You can sm- You can try to kill the robots as they're coming. It's hard to. You really do need the towers. Like they, I will say, in terms of the gameplay, they they really nailed the fact that no, this is still a tower defense game because we played yeah. a couple times, and I I played solo initially for like, you know like an hour or so, and then and I was like, okay, this is definitely meant for multiplayer. So we we're like, all right, we'll we'll find some time to play together. And there were times when we were like, all right. Maybe maybe we don't need to focus a, a ton on the towers, and we can kind of like put some really powerful ones down and just fight these these robots. But that soon was proven to not be the right strategy. And you know you have a plethora of different kinds of robots that are coming in uh, that that have different abilities and different weaknesses and different uh, like towers that are good against them and and stuff that will like make it really hard they come at different speeds and stuff like that because like there'll be points where 
a a really fast one will come like a whole bunch of really fast <laughs> yeah. ones we will be panicking you know, like cuz you got to run back and protect your EMP basically your EMP is 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 charging up from 0% to 100% and you're protecting that has like health starts like 20 health and each time a robot hits it, it loses the health so you don't want it to hit get hit 20 times so you're just defending that and you can try to like push these things and, and, and smash them or build these towers in, in a, in a unique way. And every time you kill one of these robots, they drop these gears, which is basically your currency to create new towers. But yeah, that's the gameplay really. I mean, that's, that's all it is. You, you could go from level to level. It continues to get harder and harder and it'll introduce different mechanics. It'll introduce different environmental uh, ways the 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 level will interact with the robots and yourself. Like there's a level in in the second group of levels. Like because you basically you start in suburbia, you move over to the jungle. So in the jungle, there's a level where there's a like a Venus flytrap that's like underground. And if you're standing still for a certain amount of time, it'll come up and eat you. And then you got like smash X or whatever to get out of it. But you can also trap. A robot in that which is pretty neat so i thought the the use of the environment was was actually really really cool and very unique uh yeah. it, there are uh, a ton of different towers you can build which i, I thought was pretty neat they all kind of do what you expect from tower defense stuff like oh this one shoots flying enemies this one stuns the enemies this one does uh like just straight like shooting your enemies like over and over again this one does splash damage this one is really good from a long distance so it's that's just typical right like i think you get that in every tower defense game but what makes the game unique i found was the environmental uh interaction that you can do as a character running around and the fact that you get to run around and and do this and and sometimes you have to destroy things on the map to even be able to build a tower there which was kind of neat um, some negatives I found in the gameplay was sometimes, so you can push these bots and maybe it's part of the challenge of the game, but I found it to be a little counterintuitive. Like sometimes if you were like chasing a bot, you would accidentally like push him closer to the EMP, which yeah. ended up being very frustrating because there's like, you have goals at the end of the level. Like one of the goals might be like, don't take any damage and you kind of want to get all the goals because I don't know, you were competitive and, and that felt very frustrating at times. And outside of that, I didn't really have a lot of complaints. It's not a very deep game in terms of like, like really deep gameplay. I mean, sure you can unlock new gadgets and kind of use, figure out how to use them, but you only get one gadget and then your, your base character has one power up ability that charges Mm -hmm. up. Um, and whether that's speeding up everybody in your team or making you upgrade towers faster, that's another thing. You can upgrade your towers by smashing it with a hammer, which is kind of cool. So that is, uh, that's basically it. That's the gameplay. I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I, I, you know, we played on Steam. I think I, I would really like to play it. Just switch four player co-op seems like a lot of fun. Two player was fun. One player not really for me. It's I think you're better off playing another tower defense at that point. But once you get into the multiplayer world in terms of the gameplay, I felt like it, it was a very fun game and 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 not very uh you know, you don't have you could just sit down and play a level. 
and I, I felt like that was uh, a big positive for it. But there are some mechanics that I disliked uh, in terms of like how you push the bots and, and sometimes how the bots uh, interact with you, but they can be challenging as well. And what are your thoughts, yep. Matt? Yeah, no, I think uh, you're making a lot of good points. Um, and, you know, uh, starting out with like just some of the positives from the gameplay uh, that I really liked. Uh, and you, you touched on it a bit there where you're, from what I know about other tower defense games, because I just, I haven't played a ton of them. I, you know, I played Bloons and I played probably some on my phone because uh, it's a very popular genre for like mobile games. Um, but, uh, it was cool to be like the player in the game rather than like someone that's just managing the traps kind of, uh, as you're playing. So I think that's probably what sets this one apart from other tower defense games that I've seen is that you're actually playing a little character who has like abilities and you're not just kind of, you know, clicking on the map and, and setting up traps and, um, just kind of having it run and almost like a simulation kind of in a way. Not that there's anything wrong with those types of games. It's just for me as someone that doesn't play a lot of tower defense, I thought that was cool. Um, so that was great. And then, yeah, the fact that like it's also a brawler kind of, you know, I, I would actually like them to see uh, see them like expand a little bit more on the brawling. Like uh, kind of what you mentioned, and I actually noted that down as well about like the pushing of the bots is that um, even there's an ability that you can get where you kind of put a bubble, a dome around your character for a few seconds, and you can kind of push the bots away. Sometimes when I would do that, instead of them being, you know, pushed the way I, that I was kind of facing, they would get, you know, pushed uh, behind me or to my side or whatever it would be. And it kind of just got like a, a little bit messy. So I ended up changing my ability from there. Um, and I probably tried that one once, I think, the dome one. Um, so yeah, that was definitely an issue. So I would like to see them like expand a little bit on the brawler side of things. Maybe there's, you know, a grab so that like you can, you can grab someone for a few seconds, or maybe there is like, if you are playing co-op and they would have to figure out how you'd be able to do this in solo, but it'd be cool if we work together, like maybe we can hit, you know, at the same time and it actually it does a different sort of attack, you know, or it pushes them back even further because we work together, like something like that could be cool. Um, so yeah, I, I do get the frustrations with like the pushing and luckily there were some of the courses that, um, or some of the levels that had like giant holes and pits. Uh, so you could kind of push them into there, uh, which, which was nice, but it didn't really like you, you kind of start like licking your chops, right. When you see like a giant horde coming and there's a, um, you know, there's a pit right next to them and you think that you're about to like hit you know, more than half of them into the pit and you only end up hitting like four or five of them. And there's still like 12 of them that are going right towards the EMP. So definitely with the pushing and, and, and like you said, it, maybe that's like intended that they are kind of like that. And they're a little bit more sticky um, rather than just being able to be pushed around, but it would be nice at least for the lower level uh, bots that you have to face that if they were just easily, you know, pushable. Um, so that, that was definitely one thing that's kind of a, a, a sort of a pro and a con. I do like the brawling aspect, but I want them to sort of expand on it a little bit more. Um, but I did, I did think that it kept it pretty fresh. And that's another thing too, is I felt like every level that we played, it was introducing a new mechanic or a new environmental, um, you know, uh, environmental hazard or environmental tool for you to use. 
Uh, and it was, uh, you know, I know a lot of the tower defense games do that, but it felt like the progression there was pretty good. I never felt like one level, you know, we had to kind of think of a different strategy almost for every level. And especially, you know, some of them we would fail right away or not right away, but we would fail at some point and then we would figure out what to do. And then the second try, I'm pretty sure we would like always beat it. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we would beat it. We would like pretty much crush it, you know, like it, it just like we would figure it out. And like that, that was a rewarding feeling being able to like figure that stuff out. Um, I also really, I mean, I know I was talking about there being maybe some more brawling mechanics, but I enjoyed that it was mainly one button. Um, so you hit A to jump, but other than that, you're hitting X for uh, pretty much everything else in terms of like interactions. Like to use your abilities, it's like a different button. Um, but uh, as far as like using, like there's a crane on one of the levels where you can pick it up and, you know, drop stuff on 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 the bots and, and kill them. You're using X to like pick up you know, the, the box or whatever it is with the crane or um, you're using X to get out of that um, kind of a Venus flytrap. You know, you're using it for pretty much everything, upgrading, all that sort of stuff. So it makes it really easy to learn. Like, I, you know, after like, you know, I don't know, uh, a minute into the first level, I was like, okay, I know all the controls. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not confused at all, which we've ran into those issues before with some of the other games we re- we've reviewed, uh, like Wizard with a Gun, uh, to mm-hmm. me, just too much going on there. But um, anyway, yeah, but overall, I, you know, I, I did like that the gameplay um, was simple, and I, I like some of the new elements, like the brawling elements. I just really would like to see them expand on that more. Um, and then the last thing gameplay wise, um, I just haven't noted in, in gameplay here, but I really wish this was on mobile. Um, you know, I, you know, I know switch is like as close as we're going to get with the consoles with mobile, but like, I think this game would be perfect on mobile and I would be playing it more if it was on my phone. Uh, and I think it would work really well. So maybe that's in the works. I'm not too sure if the devs are listening, um, you know, maybe let us know, but, uh, (laughs) Um, but yeah, that, that was, uh, just kind of the last thing in, in the gameplay front. But, um, what do you want to talk about next, Tom? What, what was the next, your next favorite part of this game? Well, I do want to actually, you know what you were talking about the brawling aspect and how you wish it kind of yeah. would expand. And that did remind me that there also, there is something that I think felt like they could have done with the co-op brawling aspect kind of like what you're saying like oh hit hit something at the same time right and maybe yeah. maybe and and also you mentioned a grab that might be a gadget that you unlock we didn't unlock all the gadgets that might be something you can unlock but sure. yeah. um so one of our favorite games of all time is gauntlet dark legacy so in gauntlet dark legacy you have like a special attack once your your meter gets gets to a certain point it's very arcade style a lot like this game and you also have a meter that gets to a certain point. You get to use your special. There was, if you were playing with somebody, you could, in Gauntlet Dark Legacy, what instead of using your special, you go over to your co-op person and press a different button, and you both use your special at the same time to do a combined special, which oh, yeah. is is a really cool. It's just like a very simple but really cool like thing that I think would have been really like beneficial for this game, right? Because there are points when like you use your special, it doesn't even, it, it hardly felt like it mattered sometimes, right? Like yep. you get like a nice little buff, like whether it's like give everybody better attack or you upgrade faster or whatever. But sometimes you just want to like do like a, 
like a big bomb or something like yeah. that to like kind of like all right we need to like reset real quick so we can kind of get our shit together sometimes and, you just want to dominate yeah you, know? sometimes, you just yeah. want to crush it you just yeah. like just for a few seconds you know or even <laughs> just like you just you just want to like like hit a panic button sometimes yeah Right. Yep. Like it, it, you were, you have two requirements, right? You both have to have full meters and it's like, that's your panic button. And, and you can only do it once a game or something like that. And, and uh, I, I think that would be neat, but that's just, you know, Hey, listen, that's, we're yep. just kind of like trying to design a game for them um, at that <laughs> point. But the next thing I do want to talk about is story. Um, like Stupid. most arcade games, the story is very one dimensional. You start, Basically, it's like, hey, this world, you know, super advanced. Nobody has to work, which is really cool because we have robots and AI and all this stuff. They kind of doing everything. And like any kind of story that starts out like that, the robots turn evil or whatever. And and basically that's it. And and you and your your three three friends or the, the, the group of four friends has to. Uh, band together to go stop all these robots in these different parts of the world with these EMPs that they designed. And yeah, that's pretty much the story. You're in like a, your home base is like a flying van. That's like a dirigible or something like that. And that's uh, what, that's where you get to change your cosmetics and pick up, pick different gadgets and then pick your level. And that's the story. Um, it's not much, but that being said, I don't think you need much, right? It sets the stage. It makes sense. It's like oh, they could have just been like, "There's robots attacking, and you gotta deal with it." No, they gave you a little bit of reason why the robots are attacking, and 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 what you what your plan is to do with it. And I think that's totally fine. I think it's 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 you don't have to go crazy, and and you get a little flavor. You get you know each level you have this little ghost AI thing that kind of talks to you. And kind of gives you the lowdown on each level, and you get a little bit of flavor with the 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 I guess the the talking back and forth between the characters, and that eh, was fine. It was cute, it, and it's definitely not heavy in any kind of yeah. way. This is a little bit uh, of a different side of the coin from from last week's game. Uh, this is this is definitely happy go lucky, and had a very um, very early Sega vibes. Sega Genesis vibes or something like that. I, I think and like of like the more family oriented games. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Studio Ghibli is going to be picking this one up for sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I even, I, I took a look at like what they had on their website in terms of like the story. Cause I was like, maybe there's more than what like is in the game, you know? And no, it's pretty much exactly what you had said. Uh, you know, it says like in a distant future, humanity is thrown into chaos and like robots that were designed to do tasks that humans no longer want to do begin to malfunction. Uh, and then, yeah, you just, uh, you're armed with hammer, big hammers and they, you just bash your way to victory, mm -hmm. uh, to, to help restore, you know, um, the robots and, and make them do all the tasks you don't want to do. So it's kind of sad a little bit in a way, just like, uh, you know, you're just these, these robots that were doing, I don't know, probably cleaning toilets, things like that. Um, you know, they, they don't want to do it anymore and you just <laughs> decide you're going to hit them with hammers. Until they do what you want, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, no, but it's uh, uh, de yeah, definitely not a lot of depth with the story, uh, which you know we uh, we weren't expecting with like an arcade game like this. Similar 
you know, to kind of like Pizza Possum, right? It's like an, another arcade game that we reviewed uh, where there's not a lot of story, but you can kind of pick up on a few elements just from like the way it looks and, and a little bit of the dialogue. Um, but yeah, that's, I didn't have too much to say about the story. Uh, you know, I'm not giving it really a thumbs up or a thumbs down. It just, it kind of is what it is, you know, um, it, it's, it does its job for a game like this. It just kind of sets the stage a little bit, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Now, now moving on to the visual side and the, the graphics, um, what yeah. were your thoughts there? Yeah, I, um, I did like the graphics quite a bit um so there's kind of um i kind of view it as like two different layers of of graphics you have like the in-game like 3d graphics and then there was like the cutscenes that you kind of had a little bit where it was almost like anime ish like 2d it kind of remind like the thing i i thought of immediately was chowder uh like that the cartoon network show or whatever uh like the, it kind of had similar like smiles to like people on that show um, so that, I thought that was, you know, well done. Um, and then, yeah, as far as like playing in the game, you know, like the 3d elements, uh, everything from like the robots and like, there's the electric robots and the way the levels looked, I thought everything was you know pretty great. It definitely seems like a more modern tower defense game from like some, you know, I'm just thinking of like the early balloons games. Uh, cause I know that's probably the most popular tower defense game I would say. Um, so yeah, uh, overall I, I really did like the art. Uh, but it's nothing, again, kind of like the gameplay. There's not a ton of depth to the art. You're not going to be blown away, I don't think, by anything. Um, but it's uh, overall, you know, I thought it, it did the job uh, for me. So uh, but curious to see what you think, Tommy. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think that, that it, cute, very, it, I, I mentioned Sega before, right? It, yeah. There are a lot of this, I don't know, for whatever reason, and and uh, it's going to come up again in our next topic as well. It, a lot of it reminded me of like Sonic Adventure Battle Two. Yeah. Right. The the cutesiness of like the chaos or whatever or the chows. I forget the what chows. They, yeah. the chows. Tom, don't oh, diss the I'm chows. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's been a while <laughs> since I played that masterpiece <laughs> of the game, and uh, if if it was just very you know cute, easy on the eyes, like just like super fun to play. It, it it matched the tone of the the story and the gameplay, and it 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 was neat, right? Like it, it felt very cartoony, mm-hmm. and just like a like a classic, like it, I don't know, like GameCube game or, or Sega Genesis or something, not Genesis, uh, Sega Dreamcast uh, kind of feel to it, and if it, it was nostalgic in that way, I think, and and I I felt like it it definitely lent itself to the co-op couch co-op kind of thing it had going on. And it was, it was nice. I, I, I liked it quite a bit. It was, uh, just, it was just easy. I, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't breaking any ground. That's for sure. But you know, in terms of a tower defense game, I thought it was, it was, uh, it was great. I don't think there was really any complaints I had. Everything made sense in, in the way that you interact with it every item that you interact with. I like that the towers, as you kind of uh, upgrade them, they change the way they look slightly until you max them out. And then they look like way different, which is really yeah. neat. It, it was a, uh, it was nice. I think the visuals were great and, and you know, made sense for the game, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, 
you know, even like the, just thinking about like the kind of heads up display, right? Like the little graphics of like when you're building and there's like a little level icon above, um, you know, above uh, whatever trap you're setting up, like that will change with the level as well as like changing the number of stars. So like there's all, all these kind of color cues as well of like how, what level a certain thing is. Um, I, I will say, I, I don't know if this really falls into art more or gameplay, but I found myself sometimes not realizing that I had my ability uh, like it was done with its cooldown. Um, so it would have maybe like just a little bit louder, I guess, uh, not necessarily like volume wise, but maybe just like pop up like above my name or something and just, or above my character and just be like, you know, ability ready or whatever it is. Uh, Cause I just found like sometimes I was just like, Oh, I forgot to use my ability. Uh, so like maybe that's, I don't know if that's more in the art of the gameplay side, but like just being able to realize that your ability is ready. Um, I think could be um, a, a good change for the game. But yeah, no, I definitely uh, agree with a lot of your points. Um, but now I know you want, you're excited to talk about the sound and the music, right, Tommy? So <laughs> tell me, you already music. teased it. Yes, you already, uh, you teased it a bit. So go I ahead. Did. I go. did. Well, you know, right out the gate, you get this kind of like mid-2000s, like guitar riffs. and It felt very Sonic Adventure Battle 2, which yeah. is... In no way, shape, or form, a bad thing. It it was very poppy and and you know, kind of had that like like oh yeah we're playing a game you know kind of like that kind of vibe like you just and and like it, it felt like this like pop punky kind of thing rolling around <laughs> yeah exactly and like I I thought it was cool it, it was like it was very fun it's not it's it it's it. They don't. They they do a good job of not making it like the whole game, right? Yeah. I I think the when you're actually playing the the tower defense part, they tone it down a little bit, make it a little bit more like, uh, kind of not ambient, but like in a way like the kind of music that you expect, like when you're like getting into strategy mode in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That focus music. Yeah, and the sound effects were great too in terms of like how it sounded when you were upgrading a tower or when you smashed a, a robot or or you get ate by the, the Venus flytrap and it sounded like... like It, it yeah. felt very cartoony, very video gaming, right? This is like... it's It seems like a really cheap way to describe sounds, but like it felt like... Like, no, this is arcade game. It, it sounds very arcade gamey, video gamey or whatever. And yep. it, it it was silly and 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 fun and it, it matched the vibe just like the visuals. It, it it definitely brought it all together because I think you can go a lot of different directions with, with the music for this because it's definitely not gonna be the star of the show ever, especially with a tower defense game. And it it showed to me that they set out and said, We want this vibe and we're gonna we're going to bring it together. This makes sense with the cutscenes. This makes sense with the gameplay. It it was uh, a, a really really like fun way to do it, and it felt very nostalgic, which which I enjoyed. Uh, what about yourself? Yeah. Uh, so um, I feel like I feel like almost every time you like pass it over to me, I'm like, yeah. So uh, <laughs> so I got I got to figure out a new thing to say. Um, all right. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> But no, uh, yeah, I actually wrote down music is pop punk because uh, it's exactly what it is. Uh, you know, I was thinking of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle and just pop punk in general. 
Um, you don't really hear it in a lot of games, I feel like, these days. Um, you know, maybe, like, I was also thinking maybe, like, Tony Hawk-esque, sort of, in a way. That's a little bit more, can be more grungy than than pop punk E, But, uh, yeah, that's definitely soundtrack. You know, it does a good job. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do think it would be kind of cool if it was if it was playing during some of the tower defense stuff or like when, when things got really intense maybe or something like that. Um, but I, you know, I, I didn't mind that it wasn't super present during when you were actually playing, uh, as far as like the sound effects go, you know, you mentioned that, uh, the, it's very video gamey, right. And like, we, you know, we're, we're saying, obviously that's not a bad thing. I just want to like emphasize that because, sound can really destroy a game if every other thing is 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 really good and the sound is terrible it really can you know um uh kind of uh ruin your opinion on a game if like this you just can't deal with the sound um or like it just sounds ridiculous so the fact that this is like kind of exactly what you expect going in sound effect wise is a great thing you know they were able to nail that down and it's not gonna wow you like you said you know it's not gonna blow you away but it, it's exactly kind of what you think it, it should be. Um, so yeah, everything from, you know, uh, the way some of the bots sound with like the electricity, um, you know, um, the way like there's one of the, uh, one of the bots that comes in is like a stereo system and like they, they kind of push you away. They're very annoying. Yeah. Uh, they push, they, they push you away and they kind of give you like a little boom, like sound when they're doing that. And then even when, um, I really did like when like we beat a level and the EMP goes off. It's kind of like a vroom, like sound and it, everything kind of freezes. Um, so I, I thought that was cool. That was well done. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's kind of uh, it's almost like if you watch this game without audio, you would know exactly what it sounds like. Uh, like that's just you know um, it, it's it's metal sounding um, and you know not metal the music just you know there's bots and you're hitting bots a lot so it sounds a lot like metal uh, and then uh, the pop punk track that's kind of behind everything so yeah overall um, you know I, I, I say the music was overall pretty positive for me you know nothing too glaring anything like that so um, yeah I, I liked it a lot now I know um, uh, did you have any more thoughts on, on the music or the sound yeah, no, I mean, it, you nailed it. I mean, it, it is pop punky. It reminded me of Sonic Adventure Bell 2. It reminded me of yeah. like anime outros, you know, uh, like, yeah. you know, like kind of yeah. like that, like, you know, hit like fast, like very major key riffs, uh, which was, yeah. which was fun. But yeah, uh, in terms of performance, we both played on the Switch or not the Switch. We both played on Steam. I didn't notice anything the whole time I played yourself. Yeah, no, ran well for me. Um, and I know we both use controller as well, and that worked pretty well um, mm -hmm. performance-wise. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I imagine sometimes with tower defense games, performance might not be that great um, just because you are dealing with a lot on the screen at one time, depending on kind of what it is. Um, so uh, definitely a positive, I would say, that this, this game, we didn't have any issues whatsoever. And I'm pretty confident that this game would run well on the Switch as well, which is kind of the the, the bottom tier, right, that, like, people would kind of consider. Uh, so, yeah, uh, no issues with performance for me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is the time where we give this fresh squeeze a fresh rating. Uh, our rating system goes from, from here's from best to worst. You got your certified fresh juice. It's your best games, your game of the year contenders, these these cl like classics we would call them 
you know, your, your Stardew Valleys, I think would be a great example. Yeah. Uh, a Steel this is a game that's good. They get it for the price. You're going to really enjoy it. It's not the greatest game in the world, but it's still very good. It's 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 a game that we really recommend. Next, we would get on get on sale. We have lots of sales in, in indie games and video games in general. So, you know, whether it's Steam Summer Sale or something else like that, definitely check it out, right? This is a, it was a good game, but maybe a little bit uh, too expensive uh, for what you're getting out of it. And then beyond that, you have Manager Special. Uh, so if it goes on a deep sale, like where it's almost free, uh, I, would, I would then recommend it to you. Now... <laughs> You know, we haven't done any free-to-play games, and we probably will at some point. We'll have to change the way we do these ratings uh, for them, yeah. or at least, you know, it still explains how good the game is. And then finally, yeah. Spoiled Milk, which nobody wants. These are the worst games. We have not played one yet, I don't think, unless, you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> think based on how we've reviewed this game, either of us are on Spoiled Milk for this game. So... With that being said, what is your rating for this game, Bish Bash Bots? Yeah, so for Bish Bash Bots, I'm going to give it a get on sale, um, which seems to be what I give most games. But th- for this one in particular, uh, it is a $20 game. And I know I mentioned earlier that you know I would love to see it on mobile. And I was trying to think, what would I pay for it if it was on mobile because that kind of changes the way you think about pricing in general i feel like a lot of mobile games are cheaper than Mm -hmm. you know even like some of the cheaper steam games that come out these days so i was thinking five dollars uh that might you know that might be fair on on the mobile platform maybe it's not the full game or you know whatever they had to make some compromises as as far as like on steam i could see maybe paying 10 up to 10 dollars for for this game um just based on like what we played uh now if you're really into tower defense games you know you might be willing to shell out 20 without any issue but for me personally i'm just thinking that this is more of a get on sale game and i'm sure that this game will go on sale um during some of the steam sales it seems like uh that would be a great opportunity for them especially to kind of compete with some of the larger uh, tower defense games that are out there so yeah for me it's a get on sale but tommy what are you thinking? I'm right there with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on sale as well. Now, there are some caveats there. I think that if you are a tower defense like fanatic and you want to kind of try something that feels pretty unique, right? Like maybe you're feeling a little stale on tower defense. I would check it out, right? I think I think it ends up being a steal for you. Um, the The reason I'm giving, giving it a get on sales because I, I imagine this will live on your on your switch, right? Right. For for when you're around some friends. Now, that would depend on how often you're going to be around friends. Then do you want to just spend twenty dollars right away and then wait until you're around some friends to play, you know, some couch co-op? You might be, but I think probably the ten to fifteen dollar range, uh, just get it on switch next time you're with friends or if you just get it on steam and you, you, you play online a lot with with your buddies. Uh, I think that's a, a great option, too. But. I don't think more than 15 bucks, uh, you know, it would be now. I mean, this is just a rating. You know, if you, if you, if you feel like this is a game that you want to spend the money, I would, right. That's totally fine. But, uh, in terms of like how I would view this game, because you're not going to get a lot, a lot out of it solo. So already you're in a position where, you want to play it when other people are able to play it. So you can't mm-hmm. do that all the time. 
because we're, we're adults and, and, and whatever. Uh, I think it's also probably, you know, a great option if you, if like you have a family, you got some kids that maybe are, are of like, you know, probably like eight, nine or 10, they probably love the hell out of this game. Uh, so you play with them. If, if you're into tower defense, you want to introduce them to tower defense because I think it is a nice little bit of a, uh, like a gateway, gateway drug to tower defense, maybe. Um, that that is is kid friendly and and uh, can be a lot of fun to play with them. So <laughs> it's your kid friendly gateway drug. <laughs> you know, we're you know, uh, you know, working on it. But uh, yeah, that's I think get on get on sale is a very fair. Um, it's a very strong get on sale, I would say, because I I think you you will get the value out of it if you get it on sale. So yeah, that's where we're at. Bish bash bots. It was fun. Thank you for the keys. We appreciated them. Um, yes. And we did have a lot of fun with this playing together. Um, now we have some listener questions. First one comes from a bud of mine, a, a reoccurring guest on my other show, Fresh and Buds, Dead Summer Art, Kale, his name, all the way from Down Under, uh, who asked, do you think that indie games are held back by their pixel art style? It is obvious that devs use this style a lot because of its accessibility to create and use but do you think it that it is a trap that many fall into that doesn't force them to think outside of the box this is a great question i'm interested to hear your answer first maddie yeah no this is a really great question um so answering kind of like um you know the 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 first part you know do you think that indie games are held back by their pixel art style face value i'm gonna say no uh, just because we, I feel like we've seen so much variety in indie games with that pixel art style. We were just talking a few episodes ago, even about a 3D game that is in the works, um, that is in that 2D kind of pixel art style. We've seen other kind of 3D, 3D games. And, you know, I feel like these days pixel art style can also mean a lot of different things. You know, you kind of have, you know, is it, is it 2D pixel art style? Is it more like the Minecrafty kind of, like those are technically kind of looking like pixels. Um, but I'm thinking it's more on the 2D side is what they're asking here. So I would say no, though, overall. I just, maybe in the earlier days of like indie games or like, um, you know, uh, maybe uh, maybe even just a few years ago, I, I would have had a different answer. But I, I don't think that they are. Um, and, and then you're asking like, do you think it's a trap that many fall into that doesn't force them to think outside the box? I actually kind of think that it does force them to think outside the box. You know, I think that um, a lot of times just in life in general, right, is like the restrictions that you have on something or, or yourself, you know, kind of forces you to try to think creatively. So I think, you know, like we saw, you know, I was just talking about, I forget what the game is called. I think it's called Sword Hero maybe, but that game that's three-dimensional but is, you know, it's kind of using 2D uh, pixel art for, for everything. Um, that was a perfect example, I think, of like that developer trying to think outside the box and they ended up coming up with something really great. Um, so I, I almost feel like if they uh, didn't, you know, if, if indie games were using, I mean, they do use more than pixel art, but like if they were, you know, it was it was even across the board, right? Like you, there was no favorited art style. I feel like we would be getting less original games than when uh, devs kind of lean into the pixel art style. So yeah, uh, great question though. Really, really great question, and definitely had me me thinking a bit before the show about like how I would answer this. So, <laughs> Tommy, I want to know, um, you know, what are you thinking about this? You you've you love the pixel art style. I really so, do. Yeah. I, I want to know. I want to know your thoughts here. 
I mean, I'm I'm wearing a pixel art swamp thing shirt right now. Uh, there you for go. The YouTube viewers and, and all the Spotify <laughs> listeners at home. Um, I I don't think it holds them back. I I'm I'm with you there, and I I now I admittedly don't know a lot about video game development and what's hard and what's easy. So based on my perceived kind of knowledge of of, of pixel art and 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 you know regular video games i feel like there's a lot of programs that like help these 3d model games maybe and i feel like my perceived idea of what pixel art is it feels like maybe you are taking a little bit more time into the nitty-gritty of the details now there's obviously there's some examples of like just sprites being used that like just kind of do the same thing over and over but if you look at a game like axiom verge right Mm -hmm. that is i mean arguably a masterpiece all pixel art super in-depth and i think if it was the easiest thing to use we would see a lot more of it just like in your day-to-day like on your like the app store right i think you see some sprite stuff happening but i don't think i think the the almost more common thing you see is uh, it's almost like the, the flash art kind of stuff. Right. I think, I think that is, is, is more the kind of not lazy, but like, it's like the, the easier way to get into game making. Um, But I, I could, I could definitely understand the idea that maybe it can be a trap because sometimes you're just like, I'm going to make this like really, really cool pixel art game. Right. Yeah. And that's what I want to do where, because you got into that mindset, you didn't realize that maybe it would have been better as, as a different kind of art style uh, or, or, or whatever graphic style. So great question. Dead summer. Uh, Check out dead summer arts, YouTube. If you ever want to check out some lore, um, uh, he is a lore expert in Flesh and Blood, the game that I play. And, I, you know, you might hear a familiar voice doing some voiceovers on a couple of his videos. Um, you know, yeah, just killed it over here. Uh, next question comes from Astro Xenos. What makes up a great indie game? Yeah, so um, great question. I know we, we, we have talked about this a bit before. Um, and, and actually like last week, we, um, one of the questions was asking about, uh, you know, particular parts of like an indie game, like gameplay story art, you know, those sort of things. Um, it's kind of what we talk about in our main squeeze, but, um, you know, what makes up a great indie game? I think, you know, kind of even just looking outside the game is a really great studio. Um, you know, some of the best indie games I've ever played are from studios of like, you know, five or less people or 10 or less people. Um, so I really think that like, um, that does really help kind of put the love and the care into like what makes a great indie game. And I feel like, you know, a main reason that people love indie games and like a a main reason at PAX East that we love to hang out in the indie game section, it's not because really of like the, you know, the types of games that are there. Like we never know the types of games that that will be there, but it's really just because we know that those games are being cared for more than some other games that are probably larger that, you know, have executives and some greed behind them and, and things like that. Not saying that those developers don't work hard, but it's just something special when you, when you, um, 
when you have like a really small indie studio that's putting their heart and soul into a game, hoping, you know, spending every last dime, hoping that like it's going to work out for them. Um, so I think like uh, kind of changing this question a little bit is like, um, you know, I think what makes up a great indie game is a great indie studio um, without having to get into like the, you know, specifics about, you know, gameplay and all that stuff that we normally talk about. Um, but that that would be kind of my answer with this one, Tommy. I know it's it's an open-ended question, so I'll, I'd love to see where you take it. Um, well, you're wrong. No, um, oh, okay. <laughs> no, Good. Good. Uh, well, I'm done. Uh, no, I would say, you know, along the same lines as, as you, I, I think it needs to exude the independent spirit, I think is... Yeah. And, and that you can definitely feel from a great studio that is, is, is doing it for the love of the game. Maybe maybe they're not going to make a lot of money. Maybe maybe they will, but they're doing it for the love of the If you could feel that this game was made to like actually just bring an idea to fruition and not just a product for you to buy, right? Yeah. This is this is this is why we we love you know great great beer, great wine or or whatever. Like we want something that like this is all about putting out a great thing that we had an idea about and we wanted to put it out into the world. And I think that's what makes a great indie game. Um, because you know, sometimes you could, you could tell sometimes when, when it just feels like now we're just trying to make some money because we're on a trend or whatever. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. We got to make money. It's like we cost to live. Um, so, uh, but yeah, great question, Astro Xenos. Uh, and then one more question from Capolo, who actually I'm going to be recording my other show with in a few hours here. Uh, busy man, busy man. We call him the Swiss prophet. He is, he is, he's prophesized many things. He also has a YouTube channel. Go check it out. Uh, what's the upper price point you expect indie games to have? Which I thought was a great question. Um, do you have an idea here? Yeah, um, no, definitely another another banger question coming in from the listeners. We appreciate it. Uh, so the upper price point you expect indie games to have. So for me, I actually don't expect anything price wise, and I think that what that's what makes like this show in particular like very interesting is that we're getting all these games at these kind of different price points, and sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not worth it. Um, and I, I really think like um, you know. I, like I would never expect an indie game to be more than uh, seventy dollars because that's what games are these days, unfortunately. But uh, I would never expect it to be more than that. But if it was priced like a AAA game at seventy dollars, I would expect a lot from that indie game. Um, you know, I, I, I've been playing like, for example, uh, like Return to Moria, which is like a, the Lord of the Rings IP. It's a forty dollar game on the Epic Store. And a lot of people had an issue with that price. But, you know, what I'm thinking is that, you know, regardless of how many hours of gameplay I'm going to get out of it, it's the Lord of the Rings IP. So it's mm-hmm. going to be priced a little higher. And it is technically an indie studio that's making the game. So it kind of does still fit in the indie genre. Um, so I didn't have any problem playing for it or paying for it because I knew why I was paying more, a little bit more. Um, but even then, like $40 seemed like more to me than what I usually spend on an indie game. But it's not like I was expecting, you know, I wasn't expecting a Lord of the Rings game to be $20, you know, mm. it just, you know, so it does, it varies on like the type of game. But I will say 
I expect more from the game, the higher the price is, which I think is kind of the theme with a lot of people, right? Um, I expect more replay value. I expect a deeper story, you know, everything. I expect a certified fresh juice. If I'm going to, if I'm going to pay $70 or like a, you know, a triple A game, I expect a certified fresh juice rating on that game. If it's anything less than that, how could it be a steal, right? How, if it's, if it's priced like a triple A game. Um, so anyway, that's uh, a great question. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people are going to have a different answers to this, but um, that's just kind of how I'm feeling about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is tough to kind of put like a, a real upper price point on indie games. I don't know if we really see many $70 indie games, yeah. but if, if there was one, I would treat it just like I would a AAA game. I'm like, this better be $70 worth. Like, it, that's just what it is. Like, I don't care. It even yep. if it is like you know an indie game and like the indie spirit. If if this game which we enjoyed or Leica which which I I gave a certified fresh juice last week, you know, I think there might be a world where I would have paid seventy dollars for that game, you know, after I played it already. But yeah, um, you know, I expect that level of of kind of in-depth and, and amount of gameplay and like, like a really rewarding experience. So, you know, but if I were to put a real number, I don't think more than 40 is, is what I think people expect. And I don't think we really see that really yeah. ever. I would say $30 is usually what we see, maybe 35. Um, but uh, at, at the top point, and I think that's, I think it's fair because you know what? The, these indie studios still have to make money. So, like, I, I totally understand. So, but, yeah, great question, Cap. Appreciate yeah, it. I actually, and just, like, adding on to that, too, um, you know, I think nowadays, like, if we're we're talking about, like, what does, like, the general, like, gaming population expect with when it comes to indie games, uh, you know, price points, they're definitely expecting more from the game. And I think it's because a lot of AAA games over the years have still charge their premium price but not delivered on that right mm -hmm. like so it's put a bad taste in people's mouth in general with gaming and and the way that things are priced um so i think you know for an indie game uh, you know i i do agree like i think the you know general um kind of gaming uh people will will not want to pay more than 40 dollars for an indie game um and i think that um mostly they're probably looking around like the 20 to 30 dollar range for most indie games uh, but I do think that, you know, if you are going to charge $40 or even 30, like, like uh, a lot of people are looking under these games with like a bigger microscope than they ever have because of all these pricing issues and, you know, all those loot boxes and a microtransaction, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff that's happened with those AAA games. And it has leaked into indie games for some of them. Um, so I think people are just very like defensive and they just want to make sure that these indie games are going to remain at indie pricing going forward uh so yeah no really just great questions this week folks just killer questions yeah and if you want to ask any uh you can leave them in the comments you can reach out to us individually um however you want i think even on spotify we have a a kind of uh like a spot you can do it as well yep and uh yeah yeah no absolutely and this brings us to the last segment of the show which we call the rec room where we recommend something I'll fire us off here because I have I have like an interesting recommendation here. I have a TikTok account that I I particularly enjoy. It's called uh, Pura Arte, uh, which is I I think 
translated to pure art. So it's P-U-R-A space A-R-T-E. This is an account that basically just posts like little slideshows of, of like relatively unknown artists. And it's some of the coolest art I've ever seen, which is like really cool. Cause like on, on TikTok, I get like a lot of these like slideshows of like AI art made with mid journey and stuff like that with like yeah. whatever. And like, uh, at first it's pretty cool. And then you realize it's like, Oh, it's pretty much always kind of a, a similar thing. Um, so if you're ever, cause like AI art pulls from real art, right? Like it and, and, and whatever. So if you ever watch like the AI art stuff and you're like, you know, what, what is this pulling from? Go to that TikTok account, Pura Arte, where you can just see the coolest, the coolest stuff. And you're like, oh, a real person did that. And, and that's what's inspiring all this other stuff, which is, which is really, really neat. Um, and, uh, uh, and there's, I've found like artists that I would have never found otherwise. And it's, it's really, really neat. So that's my recommendation. Yeah, I'm, I'm just taking a look at it right now. I, I was uh, just laughing a little bit because when I looked it up, it was like someone walking their dog. I was like on the wrong channel. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I typed it in the TikTok search bar instead of Google and I found it right away. But yeah, it looks really awesome. And it actually like, um, you know, it looks like AI art, which makes sense because that's what AI is pulling from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's how it's learning the styles and, and where to place things and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, this is a really cool account. Um, I'll definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, for me, for my rec room for the week, it's actually a food item, um, that I haven't, uh, had before in my rec room. And it is, uh, from Trader Joe's. So if you know Trader Joe's, the, um, the grocery store, uh, or whatever you want to call it, um, they are selling this time of year. Uh, it's called mini gingerbread people. Okay. Now, I know it sounds like ridiculous or whatever, and you can probably envision what it is. They're little tiny cookies that are gingerbread cookies that have bits of, like, actual ginger in them, which is, like, it's like a chewy ginger. Um, and then on the backside, they are vanilla frosted, a little bit of vanilla frosting. And I got to tell you, they're great. They got a nice snap to them. They got a nice bite of the ginger. I'm a big fan of ginger snaps and ginger cookies and really a lot of ginger-flavored stuff ginger ale um but uh um, uh these cookies are fantastic so if you have a trader joe's near or if just any grocery store near you should just go pick up some gingerbread cookies because they're just great but these ones in particular called mini gingerbread people i have just been enjoying and the box there's like a hundred of them in there like it just it's not one of those situations where like you're getting a box and like half of it's empty already it's like no they, they come packed in so uh, shout out to Maria for bringing those home. Did not even ask her for them. Just saw them, ate them, loved them. So hell yeah, yeah. that yeah. sounds actually really really good. And yeah. I'm now <laughs> I'm now hungry. Um, <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for the show. I you know this was this was fun. I I, I liked you know this is like a, a a new genre we explored, and we're gonna continue to explore more genres. Eventually, we'll hit them all. And eventually yep. we'll get some different amalgamations of, of different ones uh, as well. But uh, what, what do you need to plug here, Matthew? Yeah, so uh, if you guys want to follow me outside of the podcast, at Matty Gorm on all my socials, um, you know, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that sort of stuff, YouTube. 
Uh, and then if you want to follow the podcast on anything, at Fresh Juice Pod on Twitter, on TikTok, on YouTube, uh, definitely go check us out. Give us a rating on there as well. That'd be great. Uh, you know, it helps with the algorithm, all, all the, uh, um, you know, the complicated stuff these days you need to uh, to try to be famous. So, now, um, but, um, yeah, so if you want to follow me, that's where you can do it. Uh, I also have been wanting to stream a bit more, so you might catch me over on Twitch every now and then. Um, playing Return to Moria, actually. So that's what I've been doing lately. It's been a great time. So, uh, yeah, that's where you can follow me. But, Tommy, where where can they find you? You keep mentioning this other podcast you're on. Where where can they find that, too? I have another podcast called Fresh and Buds where I talk about a really cool indie, I think you can call it indie, trading card game called Flesh and Blood, which is uh, really, really fun. I would I would call it the Dark Souls of trading card games. If, if, if that interests you, Go check out the game and check out my podcast Ooh. where I, I have a little bit more of a casual vibe. You know, I talk about some competitive stuff, but I, you know, I, I talk to people from all over the community, including Dead Summerar, who asked a question. He's my he's he's my lore guy. I bring him on before every set. and We talk about all the lore from from whatever the set is coming out, which is a lot of fun, um, as well as some other great guests, such as Coppola, who's also asked a question. And uh, you can find me at Fresh Buds Pod. And yeah, follow the follow the podcast uh, socials and stuff like that. Please comment, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. You know, we you know this is this is a free show, and that's all we ask for is your love and support. And yeah. you know, for each subscriber, I put one penny in a uh, a jar, and at the end of the day, however many subscribers we got, I take all those pennies. And I and I go down to the market, and I buy a few things. So think about that. Maybe that's I can his buy dinner it. money. That's my All dinner. Right? That's my dinner money. So, I, 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 I own the pennies already, but <laughs> so I'm not making pennies. I'm just allocating yeah. them. So it's a new diet, you know, plan. It's like a, <laughs> it's based on the love of of uh, listeners. Listener love diet. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, I'm publishing my cookbook soon. So thank you, everybody. Please uh, stay fresh and stay juicy. We love you. And see you next time.